0: Let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be here tonight and gather again around your word. I pray that you'd help us with the application of it. Lord, it's a blessing to be able to uh, fellowship, to encourage one another, uh, to be uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray that uh, the the message from your word this morning, we'd be able to further apply tonight. Help us, Lord, with this matter of keeping you at the center of our lives and of our families specifically Uh, we pray for your blessing now in jesus name amen thank you have a seat all right well this has been uh good to to have a an opportunity in the evening to break down things from the morning we haven't always done it this way but we've done it this way for is it a year i think we've been doing this for a year this format and uh, I wasn't sure what I, what I thought of it at first. I wasn't sure if I liked the idea of uh, uh, hitting the same thing twice, but I found there's a whole lot more Sunday night to regurgitate from the morning than, uh, than maybe I really originally thought. So uh, as I always do, I like to hear from you guys first. So be thinking about questions that you have. I, already, I always come with some pre-prepared uh, questions, but um, love to hear what's on your heart as well. So again to recap this morning, Joshua 24:15 he says, "And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods of which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if we can back it up to verse 14, uh, that is where he gives some real clear instruction. Verses 1 through 13 were the history lesson, and we need history lessons. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh, And then you have verse 14, Now therefore. Uh, We're not just supposed to listen to history. We're supposed to do something with it. And that's verse 14. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you, again that meant uh, if it seem cumbersome, if it seems uh inconvenient, to serve the Lord, he says, well, it's time to make a choice. Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that day, I'm sorry, whether, well, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I appreciate the fact that Joshua said Uh, It's not up for debate in my house. And I think that we need to recognize that uh, that's biblical. I think so many parents get swayed by their kids as their kids get older, and they get swayed by the pressures of grandma and granddad and cousins and everybody else, and even just various peer groups. And you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can really I, mean, I have certain desires for my home, but I don't know if I can really enforce that. Well, that's not what Joshua said. Sometimes the kids get older. Oh, well, now he's 16 and she's 17. And, you know, they're making their own decisions and I'll just let them do what they want to do. I hope that they'll uh, follow the Lord. Well, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I believe we uh, parents need to be, as Joshua was, firm. Uh, in, my, in my home growing up, there was no debate as to whether or not we were going to serve the Lord. Um, there was no debate as to whether or not we we're going to go to church. You say, well, your dad was the pastor. You had to go to church. Eh, not necessarily. If dad didn't feel like going, he could call somebody to fill the pulpit or something. Well, there was no debate not just about going to church. There was no debate about which direction we were going as a family. And I've told this part of my testimony many times, but if you haven't heard it, uh, here it is. I had two passions growing up that I uh, pursued, playing basketball and playing my trumpet. And those were two things that I thought could be career paths for me. Um, You know, I wasn't, saying that I was going to be the greatest or any of those things or be, you know, the next Michael Jordan, but uh, maybe a personal trainer, maybe a coach, uh, maybe something, you know, in sports. And uh, I really loved basketball when you're six foot tall at 12. um, You know, you're clumsy and everything and people say, sit on the basketball court and don't move. Just stay there. You know, that's where you're supposed to be. Everywhere else, you don't fit. Uh, but I did. I found refuge in basketball everywhere else. I was weird. I was too tall. I remember uh, first day of school. We were homeschooled and Christian schooled back and forth. First day of school, I met all these kids. They were so much fun. We're playing around the parking lot, and then the whistle happened. Everybody line up. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. And I lined up in third grade, and all my friends were way down there in sixth and seventh grade, and, and they're like, what are you doing in that line? You're in the wrong line. And I'm like, no, this is my line. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to be short. I don't want to be big. But I was a big guy, and people would say, act your age, not your shoe size. Well, my age was 12. My shoe size was 14. I don't know. It didn't work for me, but... Anyway, basketball became a passion because it's a place where I felt like everything worked. I, 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 I had my first 30-point game and my eyes were opened. I can do this. I wanna do this the rest of my life. And so I began to spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours just pursuing that. But my dad was the head of our home and dad had committed each one of us to the Lord. My mom had two. Mom and dad had committed each of us to the Lord and dad would begin to talk to me now john uh basketball as a career is 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 probably not the best direction uh that you could go you know have you thought about uh what god might have you to do and well i wasn't thinking about that i know what i want to do um and he said i'm not going to call you to preach god calls you to preach i'm not going to call you to ministry god has to call you to Uh, But I know this. He said, well, he asked me, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be in the NBA. I want to be an NBA basketball player for the Chicago Bulls. Don't hold that against me, okay? Uh, But that was uh, just an outside dream. But he said, do you know how how, uh, godless that whole scene is? And, uh, well, Dad, somebody needs to be a light. Yeah, but are you going to be the light for that? I'm not sure. I wasn't being a light at the time as a teenage boy in a Christian home that um, I needed to be. And Dad would, 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 would just counsel me, stay surrendered. And, and uh, I want you to, to, to make sure that you're doing what God has called you to do. And I remember the opportunity came um, for me to play at uh, J.I. Case High School in, in Racine. Big high school. I was homeschooled at the time. All my friends went to Case. Um it was a guy, Karan Butler, you may have heard of him, NBA player, and uh, he and I are about the same age, I think, maybe he's a couple of years older, but he was from there, and he went to the NBA, and uh, there was definitely a path forward from J.I. Case High School, without a doubt, all the scouts came there, it, it would have been like Skyline, something like you know, on that level, uh, or, or maybe even bigger, but um, I wanted to go to Case High School, I thought, this is the ticket. If I can go to Case High School, everything changes. The coaching is different. The trainers are different. It's all, it's all headed the right direction. And I remember my dad saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And putting you at Case High School, I just don't think that's going to be a good idea for you. Forget the future. How about the now? Like, are you going to be able— to take a stand day in, day out with what's going on there. There was um, a plethora of temptations and garbage, and you guys know. Um, And Dad said, you know, we we have a conviction. We want Christian education. And we want, at this point, home education. There was no Christian schools in the area at that point. The one we had gone to had closed. And uh, we were homeschooling out of conviction. And so Dad Uh, effectively stood in my way and kept me from going to J.I. Case High School. And somebody says, Horrible! Your dad's a horrible person. How could he do that? He just kept you from accomplishing your dreams. No. No, I don't believe that. At the time, I did struggle with bitterness. I did. But I always knew where I was at spiritually, I wouldn't have been able to stand. I knew it. I knew what my temptations were. I knew what I was already allowing in my life. I, I, we were allowed to go down to the park and play ball with all the public school kids. And I didn't take a stand with those kids. Um, and I knew if I went to J.I. Case High School, I'm just gonna get absorbed. I'm gonna become whatever they are and do whatever they do. And my dad knew that too. And my mom knew that too. And uh, they stood in my way to pursuing what I wanted to do. Now, am I saying that basketball is terrible? And am I saying that if you go to the NBA, you're a horrible person, that no Christian should go to the NBA or no, no, I'm not saying any of those things. You have to leave every single person to their walk with the Lord. But I know that's not what God wanted me to do. And I also know I wouldn't have made it. You know, what about Tim Tebow and prayer on the field? I was not going to be Tim Tebow praying on the field. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's not even what I wanted to do. I wanted to be with the cool guys. I wanted to be, uh, if they were praying, I had opportunities to take a stand at the court. There was a couple guys at the, at the basketball court who would go on handing out tracks and I would pretend like I didn't see them. You know, I don't even want to know what they're doing. You know, they're handing out tracks and I'm over here. I didn't want to be associated with, with that. And uh, I think uh, my father knew you go this direction, you're not going to serve the Lord. Again, he wasn't calling me to ministry. He wasn't calling me to preach. But he had called me, wherever you go, you need to serve God. And I believe that it is the right and also the duty of every parent to have that kind of conviction for their home. And the backbone to be willing to stand up and say this is the direction we are going. And in this culture, boy, is that uh, cutting against the grain. I mean, you would be—if I told that story uh, on M Live or something like that. I mean, can you imagine the outcry? Uh, uh, people would just think that uh, uh, my my parents were just horrible, horrible people. But I'll tell you, if I had gone that direction and destroyed my life and drugs and, and destroyed my, my relationships and destroyed my future, um, I, I, I don't know where that would have ended up, but I'm very glad that I had parents who were willing to say, we're going to serve the Lord. You're part of this house. You're going to serve the Lord too. You cannot control the heart, right? You cannot control the heart, but you can direct it. And you can cultivate all of the context around it. There's so much that parents can do that we uh, abdicate because, oh, well, they're 16. I can't touch the heart. All I can do is pray. A lot of those things are weak cop-outs that we do because really we don't have the faith to do what Joshua did and make a choice. A choice as for me and my house we will serve the Lord I can tell you I have no second thoughts no regrets about uh, the direction that God took my life I'm very grateful to my parents for having the the conviction uh, to say this is the direction that we're going I never would have met my wife had I not gone this direction never would have had this batch of kids right and uh, never would have met you folks. Uh, it's just, it's great to know when God leads, He knows what He's doing, but it starts with a, con- a choice of conviction. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, I didn't mean to get into all that right away. I was going to do that later, but I want to hear from you guys. So I mentioned that. Uh, maybe you've been thinking, do you have something that stuck out to you from the message, from the passage? that you would like to uh, throw out, a question, comment, anything that is on your heart of any kind, and then we'll dive into some questions here specifically. Something from this morning's message. Yes, sir. It's a little different, but uh, uh, my folks, you know, we never had a Bible in the house at all or anything like that. And then, uh, 25 years old, when I got saved and married Dorothy and stuff, uh, uh waiting you know they they get a, pla- a plaque uh, as for me in my house. We will serve the Lord, mm. and I had that as they come into the house, uh, up and everything else. And our whole uh, uh, life was around that verse. Amen.
1: Matter of fact, that uh, uh, that plaque, it, uh, I have it in my will for my son. That uh, okay, when I pass, that
2: he'll be a
0: it okay. amen that's great it's a it's a worthy verse to have framed and have on the wall in the house so that you can be reminded of it and every day uh, seek to lead your family in that direction absolutely yes Amen. Amen. Complacency uh, is not going to work. You have to have a conscious decision to pursue the Lord. And uh, as she mentioned, that they raised that stone uh, to, to make it definitive. Uh, every time they saw that stone, oh, yeah, we, we made a choice. And we're continuing to live by that choice. It's good. Yes. Lori? Oh, sorry. Were you raising your hand? Okay. <coughs>
3: just that unsane mom and dad and I'm thankful for 'em, I loved them, we were tight. But they don't know. Mm -hmm. And you know there's consequences and whatnot. It's just it tugs on my heart. Dad would be a great dad He was. Praise the Lord for him. But I know that's what he was thinking and and I knew it even then when I was sixteen or seventeen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, you had a conscience, you knew certain things were right, certain things were wrong, and maybe you're, like you say, your dad didn't want to be that dad. <laughs> Who wants to be that dad? Now you want to be the cool dad, or whatever.
3: And he also trusted other parents.
0: Uh-huh. You know,
3: to be keeping an eye on things, and they didn't always. Right. It's just, it's just so profound, you know? Yeah. They just didn't know.
0: Yeah. And again, when when folks are, when kids are 16, 17, 18, if the Lord doesn't have their heart by then, you know, I'm not saying it's a lost cause, but certainly there's going to be some uphill battles at that point. Obviously, you'd like to see them really surrendering to the Lord at 12 or earlier. But say it's, you're 16, 17, 18, and the Lord hasn't got their heart yet, what do you do? You just, well, they're, they're 16, no you continue to say you're in this household you're under this roof this is what we're doing as a family well i have it's a free country i can do what i want you can but you're not going to do it from this roof you're not going to do it from from this location and that's where people say oh my what are you going to kick them out no i'm not going to kick them out i mean they can walk out but we're going to church we're doing these things we're going to have these priorities um, and there's going to be expectations. And it's also just, I think it's just common decency. If, if I was freeloading off of anybody, and they say, here's the expectations of the house while you freeload, uh, I think I'd say, okay, I'm getting a free ride. What, what, what's the expectations here? Um, and, and yet with our kids, for some reason, we, we feel all this insecurity that if we really take a hard line, and set a direction, now we're, we're being horrible parents. No, uh, I, I'll tell you, to, to listen to a 16-year-old as though they have all of the wisdom of the world, uh, that's that's just plain stupidity. Um, you're 40, 45 years old, you got a 16-year-old, whatever. Uh, God expects there to be some of the wisdom going that direction. But again, it takes conviction and faith like Joshua. But who was Joshua? Oh, just some guy that stood up when nobody else did. When ten spies went into the land and said, we can't do it, we can't do it, abort, abort, abort. Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can, and we will win, and let's go get him. That's who he was. That's who he was, and it makes uh, perfect sense then that he was also the kind of father who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he was saying that to people, as we pointed out this morning, who he knew had idols in their possession at that moment. And he was not going to be swayed. Oh, this is the cool thing. You know, we're in Canaan now. We're in Canaan. Do as the Canaanites do. You know, my kids are just kind of getting pulled. No, no, no. That is not happening. We are going this way. Uh, does he hand over here with Steve?
4: Yeah. A little known backstory, I guess to this verse is that there were Egyptians that exited Egypt with the people of God because maybe they worked with or whatever the no, no. Israelite people in some form or fashion and it could have been two things here in this verse where the Egyptians that decided to follow God Jehovah God were with this group or it was also people that were the Lord's people that were messing around Mm -hmm. with the idols of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, But what what it made me chew on just about all afternoon was the fact that no matter what culture you come from, if the Lord gets a hold of your heart, convicts you of your sin, and you repent and be saved, there is a culture that there are some things you will be changing mm-hmm. to follow Christ. Whether you're a Jew of that day or a Jew of the time of Christ, are you ostracized from the Jewish community if you follow Christ in Christ's Day? Or if you're apple pie baseball and you know American today, if you truly choose to follow Christ, and sad to say, if you choose to live for Christ. Sometimes even members of your own church will think you're weird. Mm
0: As, as you serve the Lord, there are things you leave behind. And that's what he was really bringing it down to in this passage, because they say, yeah, we want to serve the Lord. He says, well, you can't. Why? Because you're not. You're already you're already in a, in a spot where you've got to get rid of these idols. Uh, yeah, good testimony, brother. I, I like what you said about uh, you knew the Lord had called you to be a bus captain, and so therefore you knew your weekends were going to be here, not up north. And and so you might say oh man that's terrible he gave up on on his his cabin up north no you're never giving up anything if you're accepting the call of god Uh, you're embracing his blessing and just following uh just the wind of his uh his his spirit and that's that's amazing to have him fill your sails some good thoughts here anybody else yes sir
1: Um, i just have to say uh so for the verse but as for me and my house we will serve the lord um, there's a while that I, I really didn't like the verse. Uh, it just bothered me because I, um, I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted my family to serve the Lord. But I had two sons that, uh, that didn't, that turned away from the Lord. And uh, one of them, um, and, and they, they both left home. Uh, one of them left home, uh, ran off with a girl, but um, ended up repenting coming back to the Lord, and now he's serving the Lord and, and actually doing well. Amen. Um, but, uh, but still, when you say the verse, um, there's responsibility for the parents, and I know I've not, in a lot of ways, I've not been a good parent, um, but I just wonder, so how, much, how responsible are the parents, and how responsible are the, you know, the individuals to choose what they're going to do with their life?
0: Very good question. So how responsible is the parent? And how responsible are the individuals who are going to make the choice uh, of what they're going, who they're going to serve with their life? You know, I, I don't believe, so let's say, let's just go to the extreme here. You're, you're 85 years old. Your kid is 55 years old and goes off into some horrible direction. You know, oh, I failed as a parent. You know, uh, you know, probably not at that point. Well, let's rewind it. Uh, at what point are they just on their own? Uh, that, that is a hard one to, to delineate perfectly, but I will say this. We are, as parents, totally responsible to set that course. And on my watch, in my house, uh, this is the direction we're going. Train up a child in the way he should go. This is another debated past- passage. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, if we do that perfectly, which no one does, uh, yeah, I suppose that, that, that would perfectly play out. We do see that some kids seem to be trained up in church and so forth and, and uh, still have some wayward years or, or whatever. And people will say, well, is, is Proverbs 22.6 a promise or not? Uh, well, I think the, this is my take, okay? Uh, I, I believe Proverbs 22.6 is found in the book of Proverbs, not the book of Promises, I hope I didn't just mess everybody up. It is a proverb, okay? Doesn't mean there's no promises in proverbs, but it is the book of proverbs, and this is one proverb of many. What are proverbs? Proverbs are principles of truth or truisms. Um, the ringing of the of the nose bringeth forth blood, and the churning of the milk bringeth forth butter. I mean. Try it. Come here, Jason. Let's, you know, uh, uh, you know these, are, these are truisms, right? It's not necessarily um, uh, a, a, a promise in the sense of like a, a New Testament promise or an Old Testament promise. Uh, the idea of that verse, as I take it, is the principle, the, the truism, the principle is as you train up a child in the way he should go, the general principle of that is they continue in it. So I would say, to the degree I do that, that would be the degree I'm expecting to see that. And and if I, as a parent, get to a place uh, where I'm 60 and I look at my kids and they're not following the Lord, I would, I would definitely look at myself and say, okay, Lord, where did I, did I did I not do what I should have done here and there and so forth? And, and of course, none of us are perfect parents, so there's always going to be some responsibility that we can take some things we can learn and so forth but then again i was never trusting me the whole time i was trusting him so even if if i'm 60 years old and realizing oh i failed here there and everywhere i'm still just going to throw myself on the mercy of god and the grace of god and pray that god would still get a hold of that child and bring them back back in he's who i've been trusting from the beginning not my exceptional parenting skills um but so the responsibility of parents i believe is to set the course seek to reach that heart well we don't reach hearts god reaches hearts but seek to uh point our 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 kids hearts toward the lord provide a context around the the heart of our children that is nurturing and helpful and uh, seek to remove those negative influences or if you can't remove them help the children navigate them Not everything can be removed. Not everything should be removed, because then you have the complete greenhouse effect, and then the child goes out and withers instantly. So I think sometimes we in fundamentalism have gone to seed with remove everything, remove, 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 and we've like censored the world. You know, if we were if if we were a transcript, there'd be black all over it. You know, like uh, nothing's (laughs) nothing's here. And uh, uh, we do need to we do need to help our kids navigate, not just remove. But bottom line, I feel like I'm rambling now. To answer your question, um, the responsibility that I have, that you have as a parent, is to make that choice, to choose now who we will serve, to be committed to that choice, to stay committed to that choice, and uh, to train up our children in the way that they should go, so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Brother Tupac. Tupac.
2: To guess that they weren't in his house. Um, You know, he was really surrendered in his walk with the Lord. He was really.
0: Yeah. man to do that because only one will be on the ground with that
2: yes. one and so if that's the order well then that's going to look a certain way in terms of that man's leadership and his marriage and his yes kind
4: of parenthood of children So that's excellent
0: says, that's why I think you got to take verse 14 with verse 15 because it says only fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth which that's, that's speaking of some of the humility required, insincerity. Because the dictator dad, because that's what you're saying, right? That this could almost seem like the dictator dad. Okay, kids, we're serving the Lord. You know, uh, the pull the John Wayne dad uh, thing and just lay it down in the flesh. And the kids see dad in the flesh all week long. And the kids looking at this like this is the biggest joke. When, I'm, when I, I'll, I'll play ball, but when I'm out, I'm out. And forget this charade well that's what verse 14 is for serve him in the fear of God in sincerity there it is in truth so they're not seeing pretense they're not seeing a game a charade they're seeing not that dad's perfect at home but dad is real and he he will admit when he's wrong. He'll get the family together and say, "Kids, forgive me." At family devotions, family devotions, and not just all you people get in line. You're making me look bad at church on Sunday morning. And you want me to have to resign being a deacon, you know, <laughs> or whatever. You know, um, that's one way to do it, I suppose. No, but they, the, the right way to do it would be, "Hey, kids, Dad messed up. Here's why I'm struggling, and and we're in this together." They're seeing humility. They're seeing broken. They're seeing sincerity and and honesty. Um, I saw a hand. Nils? I
4: just, just want to say that ultimately, you know, it's God that works in our hearts. And uh, I think when a parent tries to raise a child in a godly way, even if the child goes astray, God is working in that kid's heart. Amen.
0: And just I appreciate that. And also, I want to say to that, I'm glad they came back up, because we were talking about Proverbs 22-6 with, with the Muzzy's question, and now you're kind of bringing up the same idea. Uh, God's working them through. It's God's work. Sometimes we like to define all of our scripture beliefs, theological beliefs, through our experience. So I knew of a pastor, very influential, influential preacher, who always preached Proverbs as a promise, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. If when he is old, he departed from it, you didn't train him in the way he should go. You are the problem. Bum, bum dum bum. He preached that until his child rebelled and went off the deep end. Then uh, he's like, oh, what do I do? So he changed his deal and said, Proverbs 22, 6 means uh, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he'll not depart completely from it, meaning he'll come back, and then, and the child did come back to the Lord, and so that was what he did after that. So, we don't need to define stuff through our experience. We define stuff through just the Word of God, and our experience just has to, we'll work, work our experience around that. Um, but if you, if you see it as, uh, we need to be humble with this. I think sometimes we're we're trying to see, well, who was the culprit? Uh, what is it is it the kid's fault? Is it my fault or whatever? Uh, we're all broken. And uh, the bottom line is, yes, there's always things we could have done better, but God's not done. And I think that's what your point is. And that's, uh, that's where I think we need to focus, uh, stay focused on the Lord. It doesn't do all, a ton of good to spend all of our time looking backward, combing through everything we said and did to figure out everything we did wrong. Maybe there's, there's some fruit and, and going back a little bit, but the most fruit, I think, is how we posture ourselves going forward to say, Lord, I am trusting you, and thank you for humbling me as a parent. I thought I had it all figured out, and, you know, I don't have it all figured out, and I need you to help with this situation with my kid. The Proverbs 22, 6 thing is really uh, hotly debated. So did I, anybody else have questions on that? Yes, sir.
4: One of six siblings, like I said before, when my older brother left the house, he chose not to have any contact with the family for two decades. And he called himself the black sheep of the family. And he he borrowed a lot of trouble onto himself in that regard. And my mom and dad, they went through that emotional beating of themselves over that Proverbs 22, 6 verse. I can remember my brother being a constant topic of prayer, in in our corporate family prayer and in their private prayer, for three decades, and uh, through a physical ailment, the Lord got a hold of my brother, and I believe the Lord used that ailment because of our family praying for I want to emphasize that. Yeah. And he, he 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 was saved when he was nine. Tender-hearted guy, give the shirt off his back kind of, mm-hmm. but he was bitter. And when he when he when he gave his life back to Christ, dedicated his life back to Christ, he was so convinced. He'd been away from God so long, he says, Just in case I wasn't saved before, I want to get baptized. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my dad and mom heard about it. And they came down from upstate to where we were to watch his baptism. And my dad bought him a new coat, <laughs> tear up, mm-hmm. a ring, and a pair of shoes. It's mm-hmm. uh, like the prodigal son. Amen. Yeah see my dad sobbing hmm. when he was getting baptized. i never seen my dad cry. Hmm. And he was just like, Thank you, God.
0: You. Amen. You know, it's so complex. Thank you for sharing that, brother. That is phenomenal. The whole parenting journey is very complex. God is working on the child, but he's working on you. And Sometimes we have this picture-perfect idea of what parenting is supposed to be, and we have our certain ideal parents that we look to, and, oh, there's the so-and-sos, and they had a gazillion kids, and all of them served the Lord, and they all are just amazing, and that does happen, and praise the Lord for that. And by the way, praise the Lord for that, okay? The parents had a lot to do with it, but praise the Lord for that, because it's a miracle. Anytime any child turns out in this world God does have to yes he uses the parents I'm not discounting that but God has to work through that whole situation but um, I know some really good parents and I'm not trying to interpret based on experience I'm just trying to help us navigate our experience there are some really good parents whose kids have struggled and God has a purpose in that not that God would ever ordain sin but God all the way through the Bible you see time after time God uses sin to bring about spiritual purposes and for some of us If we have a pride problem, God may allow me, as a proud parent who thinks I've got everything going, God may allow me to have a a struggle with one of my kids that doesn't make sense. How's this happening in my home? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the Lord is really trying to break me. And he's allowing the devil to get at my child for a time. God's in control. Uh, I believe God does that, cor- that sort of thing. I mean, I, a preacher friend of mine used to always joke from the pulpit um, that, how do you put it? Uh, you know how much self you have that God wants to deal with by how many kids he gives you. The more kids you have, the more self God needed to, something like that, and he'd go, ha, ha, ha. You know, well, there's actually probably some truth to that. I don't know. Uh, you got, everything God does is for a specific purpose. He knows what he's doing, and he uses parenting, and he uses that brick wall with our kid. They're not getting it. And I can't get them through. My wife and I have had talks where we have been at our wit's end nothing's working and just hitting the wall throw up the hands where did we go wrong what is going on white flag but that's of the Lord white flag hit the knees couple by the bed with a Bible crying out to God for their kid it is exactly where God wanted you to be and it took this to get you there you know that's it's just so complex uh, the whole th- thing, how God works in families, and all the things that He does, is a, is amazing. But Proverbs twenty two six, I think, goes in with this. Proverb, I'm sorry, uh, Joshua twenty four fifteen. We are helping to set the direction, and there is responsibility. I didn't answer the second half of your question. Uh, is the kid how much responsibility does the kid have? Well, in a sense, it's equal. I have my responsibility fully on my shoulders, they have their responsibility fully on their shoulders, God's working in them, he's working in me, um, and, and, and you know, they are going to stand before God on their, on their own two feet. They can't just say, dad didn't do a good enough job of 20, Proverbs 22.6, so it didn't work for me. That's never gonna stand, uh, never. Now, you had every opportunity to follow the Lord, and, and, and you did not. Uh, These are good questions, good comments. Yes, sir.
5: I think in so many areas of our life, we we appreciate going to others. Um, How am I going to to grow discipleship? We look and we value that, um, discipleship. But it's interesting how when it comes to your kids, sometimes there seems to be a little bit less um, openness to that. (laughs) I remember though, uh, as both my wife and I are first generation Christians, uh, some of you have heard this before, but Ross Levitt. I'll never forget it. 15 years ago, he's here. And he says to me, and we're in the car, I'm driving somewhere, I think we're going, I'm calling actually, and he said, Jason, I said, I have to be serious to ask you. He said, while I'm here, my family's in Oregon. I need a big brother. I need a big brother that I can talk straight with and who's gonna help keep me aligned and really help me process things. I see things here and I need to talk through that. And Mom and dad and my siblings and my church, they're all in Oregon. And I said, I'll do that in <coughs> one condition. I said, you have, to, you have to disciple me. He said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, my son's like three years old, and I want when he's 18 to be determined to have a buddy, a, a big brother who's going to help disciple him. Mm-hmm. And so I want my son to have that same desire. Um, and so help me to know how to be that help to him that he could be in, in line with this verse, that when he gets to be older, that he's, he's still passionate and wants to know and serve the Lord. And and so if we did, we had a mutual Bible study in that sense, and we had a mutual kind of accountability, and he helped me. And, um, and, and, and I took away lessons from that. But I wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't afraid of that. I, I knew I had a need. Uh, I'm first-generation Christian, so is my wife. And we've got a lot of principles, but how to execute this in this situation. So it was a yeah. huge help. And Amen. I think that I looked to that, and um, I guess I would go for that as encouraged with others that are um, new parents they are opening themselves up to go to others who've gone before them and really that, that, that discipleship in that part of your life as well is just a huge help.
0: Amen. On that note, that doesn't happen if people don't really feel loved and accepted. You know, if they're feeling like, um, my kids are the bad kids at church. <laughs> oh no, it's Sunday we have to go to church and everyone's going to look at my kid and my, you know, and oh, we need to, we need to really work to help one another and encourage one another. And, and uh, then those kind of conversations happen so much easier, right? Where, you know, this guy's in my corner and he understands and help me, I'll help you. And that's the body of Christ. Uh, I think all mothers, especially struggle with insecurity about how are they raising their kids, and you look at other moms. I mean, my wife and I talk, and my wife sometimes is like, I'm doing a terrible job. I'm like, no, you're doing a great job. No, I'm doing a terrible job, <laughs> you know. Uh, and you, All moms have probably had those days, uh, and this is where I, I, I hope church can be an open, honest place for moms and dads to be able to just share. Look, I'm, I'm struggling right now, and you're not yeah, you really are, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but rather helping and, and, and coming alongside. The uh, going back to uh, Tupac's um, comment about the dictator dad, because uh, I, I definitely I know for a fact you know, you hit on something. This verse is sometimes leveraged by dictator dads uh, and and causing destruction. In homes, That's not what we want. We don't want to go that direction. So again, I already mentioned verse 14 helps to give context for verse 15. Dad should be humble and so forth. Um, uh, uh, but here's where I was wanting to go with that. Um, what also helped Joshua be a man of conviction and yet not a dictator was the passion that he had from having come through 40 years of wilderness wandering and the prospect that his kids would have to go through that after his death. He said, no, no. He was a hundred and something years old. What was it say at the end of verse chapter 24? Uh, he was a hundred, okay, 110. Verse 29, he's 110 years old. He's seen a lot of stuff. When he was 40 and in the prime of life, he had something robbed from him. Can you imagine? Put yourself in his shoes. He and Caleb were men of faith. He and Caleb did nothing wrong. He and Caleb uh, were ready to just follow God. And the children of Israel said, no, you're outvoted 10 to 2. And the judgment of God came. And out into the wilderness they went. That would be hard to swallow if you were Joshua. And your kids that were supposed to grow up in the promised land grew up in the wilderness. And your grandkids now are, are nobody 40 years. It wasn't supposed to be like that. That is an egregious uh, robbery, if, if I, I don't know how else to put it, that he went through. And, and that's what sin does to us. Sin robs you. It robs you of opportunity. It robs you of years. It robs you of life. It robs your kids of opportunity. And if we had time, we could go around this auditorium and we could talk. Many of you could share. Here's the years I lost. And here's what it cost me. And here's what it cost my family. And I'm not trying to dwell on this so people will, 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 will be discouraged because... We want to focus on the grace and the goodness of god right of what he's done despite all of that but all of us could talk about the cost of sin and and that should motivate us to take that stand that that joshua took we've been there before we've paid enough we're not going back and before he signed out of this earth and was translated to heaven he made sure He said it in no uncertain terms. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are not going to be caught with those idols, and you shouldn't be either. We have had enough wilderness wanderings. And that's something I think that uh, for us us dads, I'll talk to the dads for a minute. Us dads, we struggle with our leadership because of our own guilt and insecurity. Uh, our, Our insecurity that comes from our guilt and there's all kinds of vicious cycles that play in our, in our heads and in our souls. And it's hard for us to discipline our kids sometimes because the kid is doing exactly what we used to do. And you're like, how can I, how can I discipline the kid for this? This is me. There have been times I have been in such agony trying to discipline my, my kid because all I can see is me and I, I, I have failed my kid. They should not be where I was. I, I've let them right back. I've let them right back to where I was, you know. And sometimes you can just just retreat and just say, I can't deal with this. I just can't deal with this. And we just, we just abandon. Dads will, will abandon the situation and a, go AWOL, all right? And any dad has, has probably, probably every dad has done this at some point or another. Uh, but what do we need to do in those situations? We need to face that mirror that we're seeing and say that's right that is what I did and I know what it cost me but it stops here and by the grace of God I'm stepping into this and the devil's saying you're a hypocrite 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 how dare you how dare you discipline that kid for the stuff that all you did that and way worse hypocrite 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 and you have to say "No, that's the accuser of the brethren I'm not listening to the accuser. The accuser has done enough damage. It stops here, and it stops today, and I'm not going forward and dealing with this because I am dictator dad who lays it down, who's got it all figured out. I'm going forward to deal with this humbly, broken, crying probably, and saying, I don't feel feel worthy to do any of this, but I can't let this continue. We have spent enough time in the wilderness. Forty years is way too long. And therefore, I'm going to step into my responsibility as dad by faith. And I'll tell you, as a parent, a lot of the parenting, most of the parenting, I'm doing, I, I am doing um, because I know who I've been called to be not because I feel like I'm supposed to feel. Does that make sense? You know, I'm, I'm never like, oh yeah, I'm, do, I'm doing a great job. Let me just coach these kids through and whatever. And that's never how I feel. I always feel like I'm behind. I, I should have this by now. I mean, I'm preaching to everybody else. Why can't I get this in my own home in this situation or whatever? Uh, and, and it's hard, but you can't focus on that. You focus on what has God called me to do in this situation, almost a military I'm not a military guy I was never in the military but isn't that what military men have to do you guys who are in the military you if you have a rank and you have a position you make the order whether it feels good or not you just step into it and you do what you're supposed to do and so as dads and moms we need to step into the responsibility God's called us setting aside the insecurity setting aside the sin the failure it's all under the blood of Jesus and by setting that aside, we're actually giving God an opportunity to stop this here as opposed to it continues on. So, yeah, uh, Joshua, it's a convicting its a convicting passage, but, boy, so helpful. Somebody else? Yes, Cindy. I think you
6: telling your kids those things like what you're saying.
0: Yes. <laughs> Amen. I any mean, on them out of anger or Amen.
6: any of those things, but look, there are times, like you said, I mean, it's like they're a little mini-me. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. let's get victory together and let's, let's get this That's
0: excellent. Let's the line drawn in the sand. There's no other place to go other than the Lord. So yeah. where else are we gonna <laughs> where else are we gonna go? Absolutely. That's excellent. So be honest in those situations. If you're tempted to say, I can't deal with this, I'd be hypocritical to deal with this. Rather than take that route, just humble yourself, get right with the Lord yourself. Tell your kid I'm dealing with the same thing. Let's get right together or <laughs> whatever. Jason.
5: What's funny is they are many cities. I mean, they are. Both, both of them. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, I'm on the, I'm like, what? I don't understand. You know? And so it can be, the, so it really can be a little bit of a different experience than what you've described because it can be a time. Limit. But I can't then just, you know, become AWOL from my own perspective because I don't understand this. And why is this? Uh, I, I need to I need to understand. Mm-hmm. Help me to understand more what they're going through and yes. why this is even a trial. Because I'm just a different person. And yeah. so there is um, the opportunity for the parent who may be very different to not just but to come along, they, I have to learn, I have to I command it. That's good. Them. I have to understand and,
0: there's oh, two geez. sides. There's the kid who's you and you understand everything, you can finish their sentences, and then this kid who's like, who is this kid? Uh, how did this kid get in my house? and then you can't just be, well, you're gonna do it this way, I mean you need to understand as you say and 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 uh, and let the Lord give you some grace there, yeah.
3: i just feel like that verse of the proverb even if you failed miserably and you love the lord you're humble you were saved you're just feeding something great into the kids Come what may
0: Mm. yeah that's what i see amen amen yes
6: yeah the 40 years really resonates with me because i was unsaved for my first 40 years yeah and it's amazing that I have a different perspective than a lot of people, especially in this church, there's so many people in the church that have been saved so young. But it's, um, it's, it's the opposite in the world. When your kids are misbehaving or they're doing what you did when you were a teenager, you and your friends are like, oh, they're just being kids and I did that, so it's fine, they'll, they'll be fine. It's the total opposite. Totally. And then to have raised three of our older kids when I didn't know Christ mm-hmm. and to see, you know, how much I worry and, you know, it's uh, what can happen if you don't follow the Lord mm-hmm. and that's what I'm having to deal with now.
0: But so you I'm, still have the opportunity as Joshua to say, as for me and my house, the house that you have. You can't, if your kids are moved out and have their own house now, you you can't dominate that house. But you can say, here's who we are, here's where we're going. And it's so important that parents, in their desire to see that wayward child come back, it's so important that the child, uh, sorry, that the parents remain steadfast where they're at. Don't leave where you're at in order to go bring them back they need to find you where you always were what I mean is I'm not saying don't pursue them there there can be pursuit but don't leave your biblical moorings don't leave your convictions don't compromise on on doctrine on truth on your philosophy of life your worldview uh, to try to you know snuggle up to them and and get them to come back gradually. That's not going to work. Stay put. Uh, And you'll see that in Scripture. We don't have time to get into it tonight. Uh, But it gives them a place to come back to, and they will have more respect for you because they know Mom and Dad could have chased me down and tried to uh, be cool like me, to win me. And I've seen that. I've seen so many... Uh, parents just throw everything aside and try to go, I'll go be like my kids to win them. To win them to what? They won you to them. They won you to the world. It's over. It's done. Now, now there's no hope of coming back. There's nothing to come back to. So uh, stay faithful. Keep praying. Ask for remember my house. We will serve the Lord. And you're going to be able to be that constant Uh, even when you don't even realize it, that constant source of security and stability for them. They know where they need to go to get Bible answers. That's good. Yes, ma'am.
7: My rules: You must go to church with me Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You must attend. And, you know, so
0: just yeah, you, so you th- there are certainly situations that I would say this kind come without out, but by prayer and fasting, like you're going to need to get the whole church praying so, and some drastic, um, uh, was there good? So <clears throat> if there were there kids at home besides her? Yeah. Okay. If there's kids at home besides her, then sometimes you have to think of the other kids and sometimes you have to separate to provide to protect the ones who are wanting to walk with the lord um, but in in some drastic situations like that you, you know there are um homes Christian homes for girls Christian homes for boys that have been helpful there have been some that have not been helpful but um there are there are situations where uh those have been helpful. I mean, I remember when I was in Bible college, there were, uh, there was a girl that came to Bible college from a home. There was a a young man, uh, no, two, two young men who came to Bible college from a a boy's home, and one of them is a missionary now with a wife and kids and doing great, and the other one I I lost track of. I'm not sure what he's doing, but he's serving the Lord as far as I know. Um, You know, there are, there, there is a place sometimes for, for committing that 16-year-old, 17-year-old you don't want to just say go to the world you know but you can't be here and do what you're doing so you're still under my care so i'm going to put you in this this home this institution that will that will help me come alongside me as a parent and maybe uh you're, and you're trusting the lord and you're having people pray because you can't even say that that's going to necessarily work uh but those kind of things can be helpful a change of scenery the kid needs a wake-up call and the kid needs to to really, Um, see what God has given them. That's why, uh, I'm sorry, not Proverbs, Joshua 24 started with a history lesson. Why did he start with a history lesson? Because he was speaking to rebels. That's who he was speaking to. He was speaking to elders and officers and all these people who had idols at home in their their houses. And so he starts with a history lesson to to touch their consciences because he knew what was in there. There was a conscience. There was a knowledge of where they'd been. He starts with that to, to try to resonate with them. And then he brings it home. Now is the time to choose, choose this day. And that choice needs to be for real, like go get rid of your idols now. Um, uh, and so, you know, that, that girl or people in that situation that are just diehard 16 year old rebel, I'm not going to church, I'm staying in my, in my house, hunger strike, whatever. Um, They may need to be in a place where they can get a dedicated lesson, you know, of here's how good God has been to you. Here's some perspective that you need on life. And, uh, but I I would not personally, this is just me, I would not personally allow my 16-year-old to just live in daily defiance week after week after week after week after week and just throw up my hands and say, there's just nothing I can do. Um, and if my kid is 18-year-old and still wanting to live at home, um, well, uh, you know, there's going to come a place where there's, there's a fork in the road that we're going to have to head to. And I'm not saying that you're mean. I'm not saying that we say you're no longer my son. And none of that. Uh, I still love you. But as for in my house, we will serve the Lord. Sometimes uh, kids run off to the military and military can be a great discipleship <laughs> in a weird sort of way. It can be. Uh, um, my, uh, I, I've got family members that, that took a similar route, and uh, it can give you some very much needed perspective. Um, not that I would say all kinds of perspective, right, good and bad, but still. I I like, and we're out of time here, but I like, as a parent, prayerfully, carefully leading things to decision, to crisis points. I am not a fan of just letting things just bump along, just bump along, bump along, bump along forever, and we don't really know what's going to change. There's, no, there's nothing that's, there's no impetus for change, you know, um, I think it's good to, to try to bring things to that fork in the road where, that's what Joshua did here. I mean, he brought this right to a fork. Here's everything that God has done for you. Now, what are you going to do about the, the, the idols in your closet right now? And he says, this day. Not, think about this, guys. Pray about it. Go home. Talk to your wife. And, you know, uh, come back next Wednesday. You know, we'll talk again. No, he was about to go to glory. And he says, choose you this day. Maybe that's the evangelist in me. We only had seven days to ever get anything done. Okay. Uh, but uh, sometimes that it's good to have uh, so, so, some, some crises points. We're, we're moving things to a decision. And we need wisdom because we don't want to do that arbitrarily. But we need to move with the Lord toward a decision. My dad, my dad did that with me several times where Things would come to a point, and uh, like for instance, I'll tell you one. Uh, we got to be uh, we're uh, yeah we're out of time, but uh, real quick. So basketball was no longer an option because I stayed home school, and the scouts never show up to home school basketball games. What do you know? Uh, so that was gone, and then there was a ho- um, there was trumpet. And in my senior year, I got a trumpet in uh, trumpet a left ear injury with my eustachian tubes. Something it was. They said I was born with an enlarged eustachian tube, and it messed things up. So I still have a problem with it to this day. When I play trumpet, if I play too long, it'll bother me again. So I had to ditch the trumpet. I was the first chair trumpet player in the uh, senior symphony orchestra in Milwaukee, and I was done overnight. Um, So I'm graduating from high school, and I remember Dad was Dad uh, felt so bad that I wouldn't have a high school graduation because I was. A homeschooler, so he called up a Christian school, a random Christian school in town, and said, "Can my son graduate with your school?" I'm like, "No, Dad, no." They're like, "Yeah, yeah." At the end of the ceremony, we have a, a, our homeschool group. They do their thing at the end. He can just join in with them. And so I got a ceremony, but nobody knew me. I didn't know anybody. Hi guys, you know, uh, got that done. Uh, it was it was uh, it was a good thought, but I uh, anyway. So I remember, Dad had me come into his office. And he told me later he was scared to death because he was going to ask me to go to Bible college at BCM, a small little Baptist college ministry. And he thought, John's not going to want to do this right now. He wanted to play trumpet, he wanted to play basketball. And, uh, but he laid it down. He said, this is what mom and I want you to do for one year. And this is what you're doing. And I said, OK, why not? I have nothing else to do. I'm bored. I'm not staying home. Uh, So one year at Bible college, sure, okay. Afterwards, he's like, oh, I couldn't believe you just said okay. I thought we were going to have a fight. I didn't know what I was going to do. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, but but there were several things like that where he just kept bringing it to a point, and and we need to prayerfully do that, and it needs to be of the Lord, but I think it's part of our parental responsibility. Well, 716, this has been Great. I didn't get to any of my questions, but none of them were as good as you is. so that's all good. Um, can everybody hear in here okay, or do we need to go back to getting the, oh, it's right here. This is here. I didn't even see that. Okay, so we have this microphone. Is everybody hearing okay? All right, because when we have the discussion, I know sometimes, can you hear Craig, the discussion a little bit? Mostly? Okay, all right. So that's helpful. As long as we can all hear, that definitely helps us to to be able to understand what's going on. Well, Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word and the opportunity we have to talk and fellowship and apply and share our experiences. I pray that you would help us uh, to be humble and to be leaders that would lead in sincerity and in truth that we would fear you only and serve you. Lord, help us to choose this day that our house would follow you. I pray we'd be that which would encourage one another and provoke one another to love and good works. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you.